0: For years, San Diego brewers have called the region the capital of craft. From humble beginnings in the late 80s, there are now more than 150 craft breweries in the county, many of which are known for their India Pale Ales. These bitter, hop-forward brews have defined West Coast beer styles. But it raises a question. If we're in hop country, why does San Diego only harvest less than 10 acres of hops? For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you cover a number of things at the Union Tribune, and one of your more fun beats involves the beer industry. And why don't you explain, why does San Diego County only have seven acres of hops? Actually,
1: seven acres of hops is a huge increase for San Diego County, which not too long ago had zero acres of hops. Hops require... Uh, very special conditions in order to grow. They have to have a cold snap in the winter, which makes the plant go dormant and kind of store up its energy. Then it has to have rather hot days in the summer, which boosts the uh, the growth of the plant, right? And mm-hmm. the plant, this is uh, actually a climbing plant. You would call it a vine, except Uh, hops aren't called vines they're called bines with a b Mm -hmm. Uh, and that the hop flower is what the brewer wants it's a it's a small cone-shaped growth that uh, is a little little feathery it's got all of these you know kind of brittle leaves uh, and it comes to kind of a point Uh, when you get a bunch of these uh, in a big pile to me it looked like a a bunch of green cotton balls about that size
0: yeah it's one of those things I think people are more used to seeing hops in art rather than actually seeing hops
1: yeah and also I mean we are I think in San Diego and a lot of places more used to dealing with dried hops as opposed to fresh hops or what the brewers call wet hops
0: and that's kind of the onus for writing the story the wet hop season is beginning when you explain what a wet hop beer is well, wet hop beer is a beer that gets a
1: lot of its flavor and a lot of its aroma from the oils that are contained within these hop cones. And the oils, of course, are, are very volatile, and they start to fade uh, as, soon as, the, as soon as the plant is picked. So it's crucial if you're going to do a wet hop beer to get these, these hop cones as soon as possible. Actually, brewers like to get these hop cones within 24 hours of them being harvested. So in the past, without any hop farms in San Diego County, they would pay a fair amount in order to have these hop cones shipped from the Pacific Northwest, primarily from Washington State uh, down to San Diego in order to have them in time to, to make a true wet hop
0: beer. And where do San Diego County's hops come from?
1: In San Diego County, you'll find some hop farms in Ramona. Uh, You find at least one in Julian. There's one over in Fallbrook. They tend to be uh, away from the coast because you don't want uh, May gray, June gloom. Mm -hmm. You don't want fog. You don't want the cooling effects of the ocean. Uh, and they also tend to be a little bit at elevation. Uh, there is a farm that's at about forty-four hundred feet uh, up towards Julian, and that might be one of the best locations uh, in the county uh, because he gets he gets the heat, and he also gets a true winter up there.
0: Mm-hmm. And for farmers who choose to grow hops, how much of a money maker is this?
1: It's not bad. It's not a it's not a huge money making crop. Um, it's it is. it's not like growing marijuana, although the plants imagine. are related. Uh, the plants are related, but the, the cost of a pound of hops is nowhere close to the, the cost of a pound of weed. Um, really, I think a lot of the farmers are doing it uh, just for the enjoyment of it, for being involved in the beer industry. Uh, Some of them are frustrated brewers or home brewers on the side,
0: and they decide to give this a try. And as brewers are currently brewing wet hop beers right now, where are the places around San Diego where one can try these beers?
1: Well, as uh, I should mention, uh, South Park Brewing Company, they'll definitely have some on uh, Toronado, Toronado. uh, Blind Lady, O'Brien's. Uh, your your main uh, good beer bars are going to have these on. Now, I did mention O'Brien's, and O'Brien's, every year now, and I think for over ten years, has had a wet hop beer festival. And when Tom Nickel, the proprietor at O'Brien, started this, again, he had to import the beers. The beers were coming from elsewhere, primarily Mm -hmm. from, again, Washington, Oregon, maybe Northern California. Now, up to half of the beers are coming from San Diego County, including maybe a dozen coming from Nickel's own brewery,
0: which is called Nickel Beer. Mm -hmm. And no matter where you get hops from, they have a different flavor based on the terroir, the land that they are grown on. So what are some of the flavors that San Diego County hops have?
1: Yeah, well, the San Diego County hops, uh, first of all, there are a number of hops that just don't grow here. They found that Willamette, for one, or Willamette, um, which is a popular uh, Pacific uh, Northwest hop, Mm -hmm. just doesn't thrive in San Diego County for some reason. Uh, But, I mean, they are finding that many of the classic IPA hops do do very well here. So Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, those will thrive. Now, some of the, uh, I know it's Star B, which is one of the larger hop growers in San Diego County. At Star B, they're experimenting with certain types that are not that well-known, uh, so we're seeing something called Columbia, which I was unaware of. I had always heard of Columbus. Well, Columbus is a huge hop. Mm-hmm. Columbia, not so much. So they're experimenting with Columbia. Uh, for the most part, what you're going to get from these San Diego wet hop beers are beers that are very fresh tasting. They will mm-hmm. have a lot of, you know, kind of herbal um, hop flavor to them, but not a lot of bitterness. Interesting. Yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of a characteristic of wet hop beers is that you're getting more of the kind of the plant and less of the strong bitterness that we tend to associate with hops.
0: And that's something that's sort of defined the San Diego style is extremely hop forward, focused. So how are you seeing the kind of IPA palette change over time?
1: Well, I think, I mean, certainly we've gone through a, a number of... Um, iterations I guess with with our IPA flavors uh, they began as very aggressive and and then that kind of launched a um, an IBU war you know people were seeing how many bittering units they could actually cram into their their uh, IPA mm-hmm. um, there's no relation by the way IPA is India pale ale IBU is international uh, international bittering units. Um, and and so for a while it was uh, the bitterer the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then people started to get into different uh, types of hops that maybe had uh, more fruit forward uh, kind of flavors as opposed to, you know, really acidic flavors. Uh, and so we had you know kind of a range of tropical fruit uh, IPAs. Mm-hmm. So like melony kind of flavors. Yeah, melanie, maybe some berry, uh, maybe some, you know, mango uh, is very common. Pineapple, uh, you'll find, you know, kind of traces of these in the beers. Uh, and then after that, we, we got into the hazy IPAs, which were very soft, uh, not terribly bitter, uh, more kind of fruit salady. y um, Some folks say it was like drinking orange juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, orange juice has a certain amount of bitterness to it. And acidity a too. Of a bite. Yeah, very acidic, uh, but sweet at the same time. So these these hazy IPAs tended to go in that direction. Um, after that came the, the brute IPAs, which were very dry, very clear, very crisp. Um, so I think Right now, folks are kind of rediscovering the classic
0: IPAs. It's right? kind of like the pendulum has swung completely from one direction to the other. Yeah, it's come back. Um, there's a terrific IPA that's out right now uh, that Carl
1: Strauss is making with Russian River. Russian River is the uh, the brewer of maybe the most famous IPA out there, Pliny the Elder, mm-hmm. and also the very rare Pliny the Younger that only comes out every February. Um, so... They have come together with this IPA called New California, and I swear it tastes like an old California IPA. It's very good, very focused, very, you know, kind of a lot of the, uh, the piney and the, uh, the citrusy, you know, kind of qualities that we used to
0: see a lot of. Yeah, it's the kind of the same thing we saw with a Green Flash. They recently rebranded and they brought back the West Coast IPA which they had changed and now is now back to the original recipe. Right. And and the brewer there was
1: made a point of saying That he went back, he he was not the brewer who originated West Coast IPA, Mm -hmm. but he went back into the archives, found the original recipe, and he swears that if anyone wants, you know, he can show them the original recipe and show them how he's brewing, you know, West Coast IPA today to that same recipe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there was kind of a full circle there. Uh, Let's come back and let's uh, let's pay homage to the, the originals.
0: And when it comes to IPAs and bitter beer in general, there's a bit of a boundary. People either love it or hate it. So if you're making a recommendation to someone who doesn't really like IPAs but is willing to give it a try, what are good entry-level IPAs that kind of would connect to the San Diego zeitgeist? That's a, that's a great question
1: well, people, people go on a journey, I think. I mean, Greg Cook at Stone talks about where you are in your beer journey. And I remember when I first had Stone IPA, it was way too hoppy for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was crazy unbalanced. And now if I drink a Stone IPA, I really enjoy it. I see what's going on there, and I enjoy that very zesty, very aggressive bitterness. Citric-like, um, right? Yeah, and it's it's just enjoyable. But uh, let's say you're not there yet. I would say, why don't you try one of the beers that was came out originally? You know, as one of the first IPAs, and that would be Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, Anchor's Pale Ale now. Now, when it came out, it was regarded as an IPA. Uh, now it is so mild compared to other IPAs that it's been reclassified as a pale ale. Mm-hmm. It's still a lovely beer. It's got a lot of the qualities that you would look for in an IPA. It's just milder,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And the same, I think, is true of St- or Sierra Nevada pale ale, uh, that way back in the day when it first came out, people thought, wow, this is really crazy bitter, crazy you know, over the top. Uh, and now it's, it's very much an entry-level kind of craft beer.
0: Yeah, it's certainly interesting. It's like the beer industry, like anything that's inherently artesian, kind of goes through waves of extreme everything, back to the basics, and then something entirely different.
1: Well, I mean, you mentioned it right there. I mean, the, the brewers do have a certain artistic temperament, right? And they want to push the boundaries. They want to see what they can do. They want. They wonder, gee, if, if I just amp this up a little bit more, what would happen and sometimes those beers come out um, as experiments. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they take off, become popular. Sometimes they, you know, they only have a short lifespan and they disappear. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fascinating to watch um, what people are doing. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're interested in a really solid, terrific San Diego IPA that's fairly fresh and new, I would try. Uh, Coronado's uh, weekend vibes, mm-hmm. which I think is just a, a terrific beer, and kind of also shows what Coronado is doing these days. Coronado shook up their lineup recently, mm-hmm. and the beers that are coming out now are a lot a lot more interesting,
0: a lot fresher. It's certainly interesting how this local craft industry has changed so much. Yeah, it has. It has. We've really gone through a,
1: a lot of um, permutations, um, we had talked earlier, I think, amongst ourselves about uh, Ballast Point, and Ballast Point having been one of the original craft breweries, and then they sold out to a rather large corporation. Um, they're still here. They're still making their flagship IPA, uh, Sculpin, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks still enjoy it. Other folks think, well, it's not the same, Um I don't know. I, I I go back and forth on that some. I know there's some folks who, who consider Alpine's beers. They say, oh, well, since Alpine sold to Green Flash, it's not the same. I'm not sure if that's true. I still enjoy both the, the Ballast Point and the Alpine beers, uh, but I really can't say for sure they're the same as what they used to be when they were
0: independent. Certainly. And it's kind of hard to remember what it was like years ago. Taste isn't the easiest memory to hold it, it isn't, and your own taste buds tend to
1: develop. And so what maybe pleased you 10 years ago certainly isn't what pleases you today.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Peter Rowe, thank you so much. My pleasure. In other brew news, beer may be apolitical, but brewers aren't. Based off of a review of campaign finance data, large brewing companies are largely backing Republicans— while smaller breweries are donating to Democrats. August Bush III has spent more than half a million dollars on various Republican causes, for instance. Locally, Modern Times CEO Jacob McKean has donated slightly more than $1,000 to Bernie Sanders. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. Special thanks to our border and enterprise editor, Mark Platt. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. You can support our journalism by signing up for any or all of our print and digital products at uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.